This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Welcome to WTS Waikatoa, a radio show and podcast taking a look at the quirkier people, groups and interests in the region. I'm producer Gary Farrow. Te Kohau Health is based at Kirikiriroa Marae on Hamilton's Wairere Drive. It's been operating for well over two decades and is more relevant to the wider community than ever during the current pandemic. Lady Tude Iti Moxon, the Chief Executive of Tikohau Health, joined me on Zoom to chat about the organisation. Kia ora, <laughs> kia ora koutou. Um, I've been with Tikohau now for um, almost uh, 25 years, not, not quite, but getting close, or oh, 20 years. And um, I was a member of the uh, Board of Directors uh, for a little while, while I was doing my degree at University in Law. And I came and, um, and, I came and helped out a little bit around, around the Marae. And, and um, yes, and uh, I've been here ever since, basically. So has Te Kohau always been based out there at Kirikiriroa Marae? Yes, it has. Uh, Te Kohau um, has kind of moved around the marae at different points in its life um, until we, we built this building that we're in now. And um, as you're aware, our, our intent is to build a building out at, um, in Enderley, um, which, is an, which it will add to the services that Te Kohau provides at the moment. And so we are in primary health. And um, so we have doctors and nurses and, and, and whatnot. So we have lots and lots of people coming and going. And we have a number of contracts with um, various government departments in terms of um, education. So we have two early childhood centres. We um, have a number of staff that work with those um, who have disengaged from school. We have a number of staff who work at home-based support services, look at supporting people in their own homes just to live and stay in their own homes with dignity. So it's a very wide, broad um, suite of services that we provide. And, of course, Final Order is at the, at the hub of that, which is really supporting Fano to realise their own dreams and aspirations. So was that the very thing that caused Te Kohau Health to come into being in the first place, looking at Fano Order? Yes. Um, well, it's it always had that view that, that Fano was the most important um, Grouping, if you like, Fano Hapu Iwi, very important. And but over the years, that's been worn down. Fano families have been worn down, and the worst of it is is that they lack money, they lack um, uh, just for basic necessities, and so 
we, the moi moi are, the dream was that we would be able to do this for ourselves in our own way. And that happened in um, 1994 when Te Kohau was, was first started. And um, so from then, it's just gone from strength to strength to strength. And um, we have, uh, we work with the, oh, just over um, 8,000 people that are registered with us in our programs and in, in various parts of um, the Waikato region. Um, well, GPs are, are large and some are small. So, so to um, we have 6,000, just over 6,000 on our register as a GP. And so you'll have some GPs who will have 6,000. You'll have others who will have more or others who will have less. So it's very... Um, um, I think we're, we're quite, um, you know, that's quite average, really, 6,000, depending how many doctors you have and how much capacity you have. What is the proportions like in terms of how many uh, Māori and uh, other ethnicities are catered for by Te Kōhau Health? Because obviously at your, at your core you aim to help the Māori community but a lot of people, other uh, uh, other people, make use of the the positive energy and the positive initiative of Tikoha Health, don't they? Well, they do, and um, but probably eighty five percent Maori, eighty five percent Maori, and others are welcome. And it's always been like that, doesn't matter who you are. But with regard to our our um, vaccinations. We've vaccinated over 16,000 people. And um, a lot of those have actually been uh, from the community broad, right across the whole community. Um, and uh, we've been encouraging and doing a lot of mahi, trying to encourage our people to, you know, and not to be afraid and not to be, um, you, you know, to sit at home and hope that they're going to be immune from it. Just because we all have to have to make sure that our whanau are safe. It doesn't matter who we are. And the more that we can be have vaccinated, the chances of keeping COVID out of our homes and our communities is far greater. Would you say Māori was, would statistically be at greater threat from, uh, from COVID-19? Yes, I, I absolutely do, and I think that um, the, the numbers are reflecting that we're not as high as we should be and there's not as many coming through as there should be. So we're just doing a lot of work to encourage them. We've had a lot of um, young ones, families coming in with their, with their 13-year-olds. So it's got to drop down to 12 now, but, but they're coming in, and I think the, the fear around the babies getting COVID um, has uh, put, you know, has has made people think that they should be protecting their families, and I think that that's really, really important for all of us, not just for some of us, but for everybody in our whole community that we are rubbing shoulders with and walking past every single day. Hmm. Has Tikohau Health dealt with uh, people who have uh, had COVID or who have been? close contacts of people with COVID because, uh, of course, in this case, we're lucky that it hasn't uh, appeared to gain a foothold in the Waikato yet, 
But uh, looking back to the major lockdowns last year, uh, did did Kohau Health uh, play a part in the response to that? We certainly played a part in response to it, but we we didn't have um, we didn't have any issues with COVID. We did the swabbing, we did um, you know that's the screening for it. And we we did a whole lot of work around keeping our families safe in the community. So we, we distributed a whole lot of hygiene packs to make sure that people were all right in their homes, distributed a lot of food, food parcels as well. So, so even though um, lots of people were staying at home, um, our teams were actually on the, on, the, um, on the front line in the community supporting our people, on the phones, ringing them up and checking up that they're okay, all of that. And it was great. Absolutely great. And I think a lot of our people all over the city were grateful because it's quite lonely sometimes when, you know, when you're in lockdown and you've got to stay in your house by yourself. And um, then some people are too afraid to go out and do shopping. We actually um, decided that we would um, make their um, medications free so that they would have free medications and we delivered those to them so they didn't have to come out unnecessarily. Um, and, you know, now we can ring up if we want groceries and things like that and they can be delivered. And so, you know, it just helps, I think, to assure people that, you know, no matter what's going on around us, you're not alone. I came in for my second COVID jab at uh, Te Kohau Health last week and very, very happy to have gotten that. It was almost surreal, the feeling of warmth and of unity and of care that was, that was happening there. Yeah, what a community it felt like. How do the staff maintain that ethos, like keep smiles on their faces? <laughs> you know, that's a natural thing. It's a natural thing to care and love others. It's a natural thing. We, we have, for some, some reason, dumbed it all down. We've dumbed it down that we've become so uh, introverted or, or, you know, at heart, arm's length from people, and there's no need for it, you know? There's no need. And we, we silo people into these different groups and we do all of these things. But, you know, in the end, we're all people. We, we all feel the same way. And, you know, funnily enough that you should say that, the people who have come have said, have said over and over again what they enjoyed most about their experience of coming to Tukoha was, one, we smile. Two, we're respectful. Three, we're kind. And the fourth thing is we've got a sense of humour. And, you know, what happened to that? What happened to, to putting people first in our, in our health system and in the way in which we work and deal with each other? And I, I'm, I'm, I'm so pleased that, that your experience was a, um, was a positive one and like many who have come. So, yeah. All strength to all of us. I suppose you hold that ethos of kindness and caring and giving a smile um, to, to call our health. Um, and 
would you feel that the pandemic has brought that sort of ethos back to the fore in the wider population? Do you think this is a bit of a, um, you know, a watershed, like that we're starting to become more community focused? I, I hope so. And I and certainly um, what I think a lot of people have appreciated is the opportunity to come on the marae, the opportunity to, you know, they, they drive past, but they're not sure what goes on. They can see that there's a sign there and whatnot. But to actually experience it for themselves has been quite a... Um, an experience, something that they haven't felt, as you've described, for a long time. And, you know, we've lost that, I think, in, in, in our health system where you become a number or you're told to sit there and then you'll get your, your number called out, then you go and do that. And then, you know, it's become extremely clinical when really humans need human touch, don't we? We human contact in terms of smiles, in terms of acknowledging that I'm alive and I'm of value. You know, I think we miss that a bit in, in our society when we've become so consumer-driven. But I'm glad that their experience has been a good one and a positive one and they can see that we're not just um, strangers over there in that corner, you know, that we're just as much part of this community um, um, as everybody else, and we are hopefully just as helpful. People are um, welcome to visit the marae on uh, on other occasions as well, of course. Yes. Yes, the marae is well used for all kinds of occasions, for welcomes, for fitty, for, um, for different uh, courses and training, and we've got uh, lots of young well, prior to the lockdown, we had lots of young uh, people coming, learning Mauraco, you know, and doing doing lots of things. We even have um, uh, on you used to have on um, Wednesdays all the disability um, providers would come um, to come together or uh, with their uh, tangata paikaha, um, uh, um, bring them all. And they'd have kapahaka and they'd do stuff together, you know, and it was a good, it's a good social thing because we also have um, on the marae many different services. And so we've got people that are coming in and going off all the time. We have a kohanga reo. We have um, a, um, a, a, a program for adults who have uh, intellectual disabilities. We have all kinds of programs. In fact, we've got... Um, uh, the Runanga has has Terunanga Kirikiriro has um, program here on the Marae or a service here on the Marae who are for those um, who are in need um, with mental health issues and and whatnot. And so there's lots and lots of things going on all the time. How does Tikohau find the financial resources, let alone the human resources, to put on such a huge operation for the community? Well, um, because um, uh, be because we um, have been growing and developing over time, we've had different contracts with different 
um, ministries. For example, we have a contract with the Ministry of Health. We have a contract with uh, Waikato DHB. And so that, they support the work that we do in terms of providing health care, you know, with our doctors and our nurses and whatnot. So they they um, have a formula that all doctors or, and medical centres are able to tap into and um, be able to pay their staff. Um, we also have contract with the Ministry of Education, the, um, the, Minist- uh, the police, we have um, a contract with them, and um, we have uh, contracts with the Fano Order Commissioning Agency. And so, so this, and then in between, we've got lots of other little ones, little contracts with um, Tapuni Kōkiri and other other government departments. So, in the main, um, we are government funded. In the main, what are you looking to for the future? I mean, we talked about the the Enderley, um project. You could tell us a bit about that, but. Um, I'm sure there are more ideas in the pipeline. Oh, there are. Um, but l- let's just talk about Enderley for a minute because um, the five biggest killers of Māori are heart disease, so we just die young, um, breast cancer, cervical cancer, um, lung cancer, it's a biggie, and also um, bowel cancer or prostate, prostate. Anyway, those are the biggest killers. And what we want to do over in Enderley is to have um, a, create a service for a screening, which is like x-rays and whatnot, so that they get in quickly, they get in fast, and they don't wait until it becomes such a big issue where they've got to have a, a major operation to save their life or they've got to go straight into having um, um, surgery on, on various parts and having parts of it removed because because the cancer is so advanced and then being having uh, chemotherapy and all of that. So the idea is to head that off. If we're thinking about things on a more um, preventative level, I think we're, that we will actually save our government huge amounts of money because when when it, you know some operations cost about $40,000, you know, it's massive, when it could cost us $200 for a, for, or, or, um, or $1,200 for an MRI, we, you know, for screening, it, it, we can save a lot of money. But then there's the chemotherapy and then there's the radiation therapy, all of those things. So our idea is that we have the pathologist, the radiologist and the surgeon in the same room at the same time so they can tell us very quickly and diagnose us very quickly um, so we don't have to go through the system where everybody is clipping the ticket and taking money out of the system, and which it, which it does. So that's so the key. It would be like a way of getting a a quick scan then, a quick checkup, and uh, w- would you be looking at people being able to do this on a, um, say, yearly uh, basis in order to uh, keep on top of uh, any of these health conditions emerging? Uh, so some of them will be that. Others will, will be a bit longer. But I think what's happened is that we are starting to look much more, that's the health system is starting to look much more clearly 
what the needs are of people. And so you're going to, you're, when you get to 60 years old or 65 years old, you'll, you'll get a little kit and that little kit you can, you can um, check if you've got um, bowel cancer or colon cancer or, you know, something like that. And then you send it into the PATH lab and whatnot. So it's kind of like that. But the idea is, is to do it much more efficiently and much more quickly than we're doing it right now. Now, that's a, it is still a bit of a dream, that one, because we've still got to get all the players in the room at the same time. But I think unless you, you, you try and push the boundaries, we're always going to be stuck in, in, in a small area, and that's kind of like all you can ever do. But I'm, I'm hopeful we can do a lot more for ourselves than that. And the other part of it is that we're going to have community services over there and we're going to have a carving school. And the carving school is cultural and is going to be involving a lot of hopefully a lot more young people and older people who haven't really been connected culturally to their marae or to, to where they've come from because they were taken away when they were little. So that's been very exciting. The other project we're working on at the moment is um, a little um, property that we we are look we've we've bought um, to to support those who are in need um, through Oranga Tamariki who are coming out and um, transitioning back into the community. So we are hoping that we will be able to support them. Um, to be part of the answer and part of the solution rather than just um, let them loose to their own devices. There will be some who will want that, but there are others who may be needing training to get into a job or training or to be put into trades or things like that, but to open the mind to bigger possibilities. That's That's the key. Well, we have resource management consent. <laughs> I'm very pleased about that. It took us a long time to get it, but I'm very pleased. We've got resource management consent. We're now looking at building consent, and we'll finalise our, our concept designs and start to uh, the architect will start to work all that up. And I'm still fundraising, so that's the big thing. I'm still fundraising, still trying to, to, to find the money that we need for the project and um, just completing our business case, our second part of our business case for that one. And um, we're not too far away, I think, not too far away, and we'll start um, organising, getting the wheels turning for the, for the building consent. And that's the same with the other side too. We need building consent for that. How can people, uh, just lastly, find out more about uh, about the projects and also about how they can get um, uh, they can make use of the services that Tukuhau Health is providing, particularly regarding um, vaccines at the moment, obviously, because that's particularly topical. Well, we um, have um, just um, we have our own um, booking system on Facebook. Uh, under Tukohau Health um, booking system, and we have actually now been added to the the Ministry of Health um, 
a database as well. So that's that's um, been a, a big plus for us. So people can book online and come in and, and um, well, and some people just walk in. We want to take people. We want to make it available for those who um, who are opportunistic, you know, because our thing is vaccinate, vaccinate, vaccinate. So uh, so Facebook is a good way of, of, we, um, of finding us. The other way to find us is on the um, our website. And um, so if they have a look on that, just look up to Kohal Health and, and they'll be able to find us quite easily. Otherwise, we're at 951 Waidere Drive and on Kitty Kitty Door Marae. And it's a hive of activity here. And we've got a we've got a cafe too. So you can get your coffee while you're waiting. <laughs> <laughs> social distancing though, social distancing and masks. <laughs> Thanks to Lady Tureiti Moxon and Te Kohau Health for being the subjects of this episode of WTS Waikato. If you liked what you heard, you can like the show on Facebook and find it wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, stay safe and be kind. Thanks to Free FM, the Community Access Media Alliance and New Zealand On Air for making this show happen. Oh, yeah. Episodes, use the accessmedia.nz app for iOS and Android devices, or subscribe to this podcast via Spotify, iHeartRadio, or Apple Podcasts. This free FM podcast was brought to you with support from New Zealand On Air.